listening to Livin' La Viva Voce Season 2. My name is Meg. My name is Adam. And my name is B. So, listeners, I mean, this is episode 3, right? Like, you, I am positive, know the, the, the new formats and new ins and outs of this show. But if you don't, if this is your first time checking in, um, then I'll give you a little rundown before we get down to it. So this is a drunk comedy PhD podcast uh, show, as the cool kids say. And basically, um, myself, my partner Adam, and um, a cool guest of the week, um, we get together and we listen to a prompt by a guest supervisor, aka another friend of ours, and we have 20 minutes to drum up some research for presentations, and then we have um, a maximum of 7.5 minutes each to present, after which we will vote upon whose was the coolest, and then... Um, yeah, that's how it works. I'm pretty drunk now. I'm sure everyone else is. Um, how how are we all feeling? I'm vibing. Yeah. This is fun. I I am actually so. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Do you guys? Because the thing is, when you drink, like if you drink normally at a party, right? You don't typically sit around and drink, right? Like you're not like <laughs> a no, but you're not like a professor or like an accounts manager or something where you sit around. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when you drink and you sit in a chair for maybe an hour or two, you don't really feel it, and then you stand up and you're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, yeah. I'm wasted. <laughs> like, I I am not fit to operate like a computer, let alone a motor vehicle." Surprise! I mean, like, with if that, you let me on Reddit right now. There'd be a problem. Uh oh. All right. Well, then don't go on Reddit. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm your supervisor, Professor Aubrey Ichthyosaurus, head of the Department of Fake Replica Dinosaur Bones at the University of Totally Wicked Dinosaurs. Unfortunately, due to the squirrel from the Ice Age movies cracking a hole in Antarctica trying to get the acorn, we've had to shorten the length of our academic program, so our candidates will have to complete their research in one hour. Today's topic is looking at ancient DNA. Mammoth DNA has been extracted from frozen mammoth bodies. Many scientists wish to implant this DNA into a surrogate elephant mother, with the goal of bringing back this once extinct species. Is this ethical genetic testing? What would be the implications for the elephant mother? And should we bring back this Ice Age creature into an increasingly warming world? To help them structure their work, we've given them 20 minutes to do their research and seven and a half minutes to present. Without further ado, your time starts now. And with that, listeners, 20 minutes begins. So, what are we drinking this week? Okay. I am still on the palinka from last week. Oh, uh, Hungarian nice. liquor, courtesy of my brother. Shout out to Jack Rich. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's going down very nicely. It's uh, actually very enjoyable. What about you? Uh, still some more uh, Romanian amber wine. How about you, Adam? I'm drinking limoncello now from the cupboard because I've finished all the Oh gym. my gosh. <laughs> uh, wow, that's an achievement. Congratulations. Okay, so I bought limoncello because it was one of our words for last season. And like, I felt mm. like it would be inappropriate on a drinking podcast for me not to drink limoncello, given that 
it was something that I was going to talk about at great length, um, and particularly Danny DeVito's Limoncello um, on um, on our podcast. And I've actually still got a huge bottle of it because obviously it's an aperitif, and you don't drink like you don't drink like ten shots of Limoncello, right? It's not that it's not that kind of drink. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I I can't say I've ever done it. I'm sure there are people in the world who have, but. Yes. Should, I, should I just start chugging the bottle of limoncello and see? No, what please don't I mean, do that. Please, please, please. Probably don't do not that. wise. Three hours. Three hours later, I end up in A and E. I don't think that would benefit anybody. They're like, it's another limoncello-related alcohol overdose. <laughs> when will Daddy Devito learn? <laughs> this is a great callback to last season. Well done. This is. Yeah. Oh my god. I love it. See, that's. B, you're so right. That's the technique, isn't it? You know, you make these funny inside jokes and people go, oh my God, Danny DeVito, what? Limoncello, what? Gotta, gotta listen, gotta listen, gotta check it out. If uh, you put a mammoths into Google, one of the questions you get is, is a mammoth a dinosaur? Uh, wow, is all I can say. I've decided I'm going to ask Twitter. <laughs> you're going to tweet it right now? No, I'm just going to ask Twitter. I'm going to, I'm going to type. Oh, okay. I've typed in mammoth DNA into the Twitter search engine. Surprisingly, there's not a lot of comments on any of these posts. This might well, be too shame. highbrow. This might be too highbrow for Twitter. What I think is really interesting is apparently there's. Well, I mean, not apparently. Of course, there are different types of mammoths. Has anyone else found the entire Wikipedia article on mammoth cloning? Because. Uh... There's a really lovely picture of a model calf on it, uh, and it just looks so cursed. It's it's like <laughs> if you've ever been on like terrible taxidermy Reddit or terrible taxidermy yes. and you see that sort of thing. That's what this mammoth calf looks like, uh, or I guess it's a mammal. Uh, sorry, a mammoth elephant hybrid calf. I'm not sure. But, um... Is it the mummified one? No, not even. Hang on. Okay, I'm gonna go on mammoth cloning then. It's just a model. Oh yeah, that's pretty horrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's I think it's the front legs. They're so long. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, like some of it is cute, and some of it is just extremely cursed. Okay, I think I have a general. Um... I am really struggling with this one. This is very uh, outside of anything I know about, and I'm. Uh, it's an interesting topic, but I I am really struggling to find an angle here. Damn, Adam was typing so furiously. Uh, we have under fifteen minutes. <laughs> I think I'm sorted. I'm not gonna lie. Oh like, my gosh. I think. <sighs> really. I think I'm done. Yeah. I. What? What? Was Twitter really like... that uh, that useful? <laughs> no, I'm just trying. I'm actually trying to come up with an effective title now because I feel like a good PhD title needs a um. It needs a. It needs a good whack. You know, it needs a good like. You need to be like, wow, okay, that's a bold statement to make. You better be prepared to back it up. You better. You, you better have been. You better have come here ready to school us. <laughs> I think I'm going to title mine Mother Nature and Humanity The Greatest Eugenicists Oh boy <laughs> Oh my goodness Hmm, hmm? 
What? Oh, okay. What? <laughs> I have to admit, one of my favorite things is to look at extinct animals, if that makes sense, because they always look so like Dr. Seussian. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, that's why they're extinct, oh, isn't it? Man. Right? <laughs> like. You look at them and you're like, that cannot survive. And Mother Nature was like, mm-hmm, yeah, that cannot survive. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think that's true. It's I look at that and go, oh, I can't believe humans hunted that to extinction. <laughs> Ooh, let me check the time. Uh, ten minutes. Ooh. Okay. Can you guys hear me typing? So yeah. loudly. <laughs> ASMR. ASMR, baby. If you could throw in some whispers as well. This will get millions of views on YouTube. Yeah. People will just be falling asleep to our podcast. Wow. Just well, at least it's for something, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, I'm so hungry, guys. You have no idea. I'm um, at craving. least you ate dinner. I'm happens. starving. This is what happens when I get drunk or high, though. Like, whenever I'm drunk or high, I, I, my cravings go through the ceiling. I am 100% with you there. I think I seem to remember uh, going to a party once at your house, Adam, and you really delivered on the snacks uh, for, <laughs> for us drinking people, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, man. Like, was that the time we drove down to Brighton? Uh, like, it, it might have been. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we drove down to Brighton and we ended up in a Weatherspoons, like, chomping down like just fried meat yeah. mostly chicken that like it was right. just like we were just eating like so much fried like like chicken legs and chicken wings and just just chicken left right and center chicken tenders <laughs> how do you feel about that now you're a vegetarian i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like the weather spoon <laughs> drunk adam was always a great option <laughs> until it was great. And t- no until they stopped doing it. Did they? <gasps> yeah, it, you can't get it in a Weatherspoons anymore. What? And by the way, if you're listening, who's the guy that owned Tim Martin? <laughs> Whoever's if if you if you own Weatherspoons, I know you're a Brexiteer. I don't like you as a person, but please bring back the chicken platter. I'd stop being a vegetarian for that. That'd be my <laughs> one vice for the chicken platter. Bring oh my it back, gosh. Weatherspoons. <laughs> God, I'm too drunk. I'm really excited for whatever your talk is, Adam. Yeah, you, you've you been typing so... I mean, I have actually typed all of the stuff out that I need to type out. See, I've been writing my notes down on paper, and Me I think too. that's probably my mistake. <laughs> Meg. What? You're an Ibex. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Adam, we are going to do the exact same presentation. Not if I do it first. <laughs> no, oh my gosh. Okay, we have to leave this part in. No, don't you, say it. The same article. Oh uh, my gosh. Hang on, don't say it. Oh my gosh. We are going to do you the guys exact are so same. for each other. Oh god. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh god, what is wrong with us? Oh, <laughs> oh 
Oh god, I can't even copy and paste now. How am I supposed to do research about copy and paste? Oh. <laughs> Have we all focused on like the mammoth part of this and not the like ethical question bit of it? Uh, or is that just me? I think so. Ethics is for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And also it's way too smart for me. <clears throat> I don't ask if it's ethical to use AI to bomb people. <laughs> I, I'd like to point out, just for the record, I actually, my research has nothing to do with militarised applications of AI. That was merely a joke of, 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 of you know, artificial intelligence in military contexts. Yeah, so they can they can call the snipers off now. Yeah. I can, I can feel them aiming at me. <laughs> okay, three minutes. Man, this is not good. I think Adam and I have decided to do the exact same topic. I'm done my research, so I don't I care really, anymore. Whatever. I really <laughs> hope you have, but also, like, that would be really fun, I think. Yeah, well, I'm going to do it better, so na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> yeah, na-na-na-boo-boo, exactly. I'm sorry, it's not a bird if it doesn't have wings. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I am on, uh, throwback to the first episode, I'm on Quora right now. Quora? Nice. Quora? Quora. Gotta come back. Quora. 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 I'm on Quora. <laughs> Please don't include that bit. <laughs> like my posts on Quora. <laughs> Yo, guys, I'm not gonna lie or anything, but... Why did we hunt the dodo the dodo to extinction? Oh my gosh, we are doing <laughs> the exact same topic. Holy crap. <laughs> no. No, but like why though? What? Uh, good question. Wow, is your topic going to be called like, Why do dodo? <laughs> All right, we got 1 minute left to go. I don't have very much, but I can't think of anything more, so I might just have a very short one. I'm running into a second page remarkably. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my gosh. Well, I'm really excited for whatever's going to happen. I am too, but Adam, I hope you know you only have 7 minutes and 30 seconds. I'm I'm going to I'm going to whack out in 4 minutes and I'm still going to get I'm going to get best PhD today. <laughs> oh my That's gosh. It. I'm, I I'm, like I'm, it. I'm knocking Wow, fight for it. it. Fight for it. it. I'm knocking <laughs> I'm knocking B off her pedestal. <laughs> wow, love it. I I am not feeling confident. You know, I I think I should go first today. Uh, to great greater increase the tension of whether you. Oh yeah, the, you gotta, you gotta, and then um, I guess I'll go last. Yeah. Five, four, three, two. That's it. Twenty minutes is up. All right, let's begin. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm starting then. Uh. Hello, my name is B. Rich. Uh, thank you for having me today. Um, <laughs> today I am going to present a talk to you that is almost entirely conjecture. So uh, <laughs> just bear that in mind <laughs> as I go through um, the following talk, which is entitled The Woolly Mammoth, an ambassador for our environment and our future. So... Uh, our lovely supervisor um, presented us with a really interesting um, question surrounding the ethical implications of uh, extracting mammoth 
DNA and using elephants as uh, surrogates to then make lots of crossbreeds and then crossbreed those crossbreeds and um, all of that sounded really uh, horrifying and uh, really quite um, uh, bad so <laughs> I'm going to start this talk by saying I do not think that we should uh, bring back mammoths uh, from extinction however this is the human race and we love to explore and we love to experiment and uh, if we've learned anything from Jurassic Park it's that people are going to try anyway uh, whether it's soon whether it's a hundred years in the future whether it's a thousand, a thousand years in the future so if we were to bring back the mammoth from extinction to uh, have an example mammoth in our presence on the earth once again uh, could we at least learn some lessons from it so that is what I would like to uh, propose to you today that if we were and I'm not saying we should but if we were to bring a mammoth into existence once again I believe we could use it as a lesson for the human race uh, and to start with I want to talk about uh, the relationship between the, uh, the mammoth and our environment here on Earth. So it's, um, as we all learned from the movie Ice Age, uh, mammoths lived <laughs> in the Ice Age. As we all learned from the movie Ice Age. <laughs> a brilliant movie, if I might add. Um, I was not kidding when I said conjecture at the beginning of this talk. Um, as we all learned from Ice Age. Um, Mammoths uh, lived and actually um, died out due to uh, climate changes. Um, and uh, in my research, I actually discovered, which I did not know, that um, one particular group of mammoths that was found, and I don't know if this applies to all mammoths across the world, but one particular uh, group of mammoths uh, was discovered to have died out that herd died out actually from a lack of drinking water um and wow. that was due to um yeah so that was due to rising sea levels um and the lakes the glacial lakes that they would drink from would uh they, they would be flooded with seawater and so they they had no fresh drinking water and they had no way to process salt water um so mammoths actually died from a lack of drinking water Hmm, a comparison that could perhaps be made with the current present day, with rising sea levels. Um, <laughs> as we know, um, mammoths are, uh, they were able to survive Arctic conditions. Um, they, uh, they, had, they were actually built for um, surviving Arctic conditions. And fun fact that is unrelated to everything. Did you know that uh, mammoths may have actually not been orange, as they are kind of depicted in a lot of uh, images? Wow, what color just, were they? How... I don't know, but uh, scientists think that they... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, scientists think that they just got preserved and ended up orange after, like, huh. you know, many, 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 many years. They... They were they changed color, so that's maybe not their original true color. Um, but mammoths uh, also they adapted to living cold. So the ancestor of the mammoth was the same ancestor as the 
African and Asian elephants, and they started in Africa, uh, and then they moved to Southern Europe, and then they experienced just genetic mutations in, uh, and I've written this down, so let me read this out, uh, a genetic mutation that caused a change in the oxygen delivery in its blood, which allowed it to survive in colder climates. So mammoths, you know, they beat the odds, and they were able to survive uh, the changing climate, but in the end, the changing climate got them because the sea levels rose and they didn't have any drinking water. And that is a lesson to us all, that we cannot escape climate change. Um, so I think if we brought a, mam a mammoth back into, you know, the, well, not back into, but into the modern day, uh, it would serve as a reminder to us all that uh, we need to protect what we have. We need to protect this earth. Um, and maybe the mammoth could be an ambassador for the environment or perhaps for our future. I'm now going to completely change uh, topic. Okay. <laughs> and in the last part of my presentation, <laughs> I would like to discuss um, how mammoths could, call, could uh, act as inspiration for uh, a future for humans. Um, I really tried not to go back to the space thing, but unfortunately I'm going back to the space thing. So... Um, <laughs> buckle up because uh humans uh our space exploration will soon take us to the moon and then eventually to mars but then you know beyond and other extraterrestrial bodies available to us uh include moons and specifically icy moons and icy moons uh you know there is potentially water ice or other types of ice um all sorts of things we could learn from uh landing on such uh, terrestrial environment but locomotion on an icy moon would be a massive problem for our robotics so uh, perhaps if we uh, were to bring a mammoth into the world seconds. oh gosh a mammoth would could uh, pose as inspiration for locomotion on an icy moon for our future uh, robotic exploration so Thank you. For, that was my talk on mammoths, an ambassador for environment and future space exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? Wow. Hooray, hooray. Wow. Yeah, that's so much. Like, you attacked the mammoths, you defended the mammoths. You really, you really, you really sort of like, gave with one hand and took with the other it was it yes. was <laughs> it was both an indictment of the mammoth's ability to survive and yet simultaneously an endorsement of their existence and you know i really yeah, think you know. that taking with one hand and giving with another is going to be the theme of this week's episode isn't it <laughs> That is that is the nature oh. of humans and our relationship to the environment. Yeah, Indeed. this has become a very this has become a very pro green podcast all of a sudden. Oh, it's always been pro green. green. My surname, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in, in an environmental sense. Indeed, I would hope so. Yeah, actually, um, I don't know. I mean, B, the next episode's going to be on fracking, and you will have to take a pro stance. <laughs> <laughs> you will have to be pro oh, um I'm sorry, I have to wash my hair that day. Uh, yeah, damn. there you go. Bear in mind, 
Bear in mind that RuPaul is a pro frack. Okay, yeah, like, okay, let's what? move on. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to slag off certain uh, celebrities, I also don't want legal teams coming after us because we are so small and weak. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, Ru- RuPaul would crush us. Yes. <laughs> we, we would die under the boot heel of RuPaul. <laughs> but also, RuPaul, if you're listening, hi, big fan. Love what you do. <laughs> Yeah, right in. We love, love what you do. Sorry, you frack. So. <laughs> okay, I mean, Adam, I guess it's your turn now. Three, two, one. Hello, my name is Adam Green, and my talk is entitled Mother Nature and Humanity, The Greatest Eugenicists. Um, now, I think that the... Um, so... So I don't know how familiar everyone is, is with this, but obviously recently there's been talk about reviving the woolly mammoth population. Now, personally, I'm neither pro this nor against this. I'm not saying that I'm anti-woolly mammoths, nor am I pro-woolly mammoths, but I would like to point out that woolly mammoths went extinct before we wiped them out. Like, we didn't hunt them to extinction. They went extinct because of Mother Nature, right? So, you know, Mother Nature essentially wiped out these hairy, hairy, hairy elephants. Um, and now human, humanity seems obsessed with how we bring them back. Um, and there's a reason for this, actually. That there is a reason, and, and there is a well-explained reason. And actually, the, the, the notion of bringing back woolly mammoths is a bit of a misnomer, because it's not strictly woolly mammoths that we're bringing back. Instead, we're actually, um, the, the proposed idea is to mix woolly mammoth DNA with elephant DNA to create these kind of elephant woolly mammoth hybrids um, that survive much harsher climate conditions. And the reason for this is because actually that um, Indian and Asian elephants um, naturally compact the ground. And by compacting the ground, they actually help to store and lock carbon for much longer than non-compacted ground can right um so the idea behind the revival of the woolly mammoth is that not only can elephants survive harsher environmental conditions but they can then continue to provide the uh positive environmental impact um that elephants naturally provide by the kind of trees that they knock over and um the sort of ground they help to compact down and lock carbon into right and i think this is very interesting because um you know woolly mammoths aren't necessarily the only extinct species where there's this really interesting evolutionary advantage that they gained during the previous ice age that is now perhaps more valuable than ever in surviving the harsh ecological environment that we assume as the human race have created. Um, so for my talk, what I want to talk about is other animals that could be repopulated using um, genetic material harvested from their remains or, um, you know, furs, skins, pelts, horns and other sort of material that we as humanity have managed to uh, either preserve from hunting them or um, 
have in storage as a result of discovering their, their fossilised remains um, through exploration and archaeology. Um, and I'm going to talk about, about four different species. The first one I'm going to talk about is the Tasmanian tiger. Um, now, I've actually seen the last Tasmanian tiger in, in captivity because there are a couple of what? versions of, of the Tasmanian tiger. That's crazy. That's there, better there, than me saying I've been to New Orleans. There are a couple of, of, of hybrid Tasmanian tigers still in captivity in Indonesia, I believe. But ostensibly, the, the, the pure Tasmanian tiger genome is now largely extinct. Um, now, this was completely wiped out um, sort of by human colonisation of Australia by the mid-1930s. Uh, a mixture of climate change helped, bounty hunting. Um, and obviously, again, you know, uh, not to sound really morbid or cruel towards these creatures, but a lack of genetic strength, right? Because ultimately, like... Uh-oh, hang whether on. Or not, no, no, but no, no. But whether or not we like it or not, right, Humanity is an environmental factor as much as it is something that we can as individuals control, right? So a lack of, an, of a creature's ability to survive is an indicator of, you know, its inability to, you know, survive human, human intervention, right? Now, that's not to say that it's that creature's fault by any stretch of the imagination, right? But obviously there are plenty of creatures out there that survive perfectly well without even despite humans extent, uh, trying to hunt them to extinction, right? Um, but suffice it to say, there's plenty of t Tasmanian tiger DNA in various pelts and other stuff that we could harvest in order to repopulate the Tasmanian tiger population. The next creature is the Pyrenean Ibex. The Pyrenean Ibex, or, and I love this name, the Buccarado, um, <laughs> was the first extinct animal to ever become unextinct. Um, that is to say, for at least a couple of minutes, right? Uh, the Pyrenean Ibex was actually successfully cloned um, using reanimated DNA from the Pyrenean Ibex um, and was successfully brought to turn, implanted into the womb of a living domestic goat. Now, unfortunately, the Pyrenean Ibex only survived to about seven minutes before it unfortunately passed away. But it is actually a promising first step in the repopulation and the, and the replication of previously uh, extinct species, right? One the minute. next creature I'd like to talk about is the, is the mower. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've got to admit, I don't see how these creatures were designed to survive. The mower is not only a flightless bird, but it's a flightless bird that doesn't have wings, okay? <laughs> now, how does a bird not have wings, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's one thing to not be able to fly. It's another thing to not be able to fly and not even have the facilities to be able to fly, right? You know, it's one thing for penguins to waddle around with wings and be like, bro, I cannot get off the ground. <laughs> it's another thing for them to actually physically not have wings in the first place. Adam's verdict? The mower does not deserve to be re reanimated, right? Like, bro, if you don't even have the capability to do it, why are we even bothering? Okay. Harsh. <laughs>
<laughs> and my final, my final Three, crucifix stick animal one. is times is up, the woolly times up, rhinoceros. Okay, okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going because I've started and I'll finish. Hang on, hang the on. Woolly rhinoceros. Up, okay, so. <laughs> So the woolly rhinoceros <laughs> is similar to the woolly man. <laughs> All right, hang on. Rhinoceros. <laughs> it's a rhinoceros that is woolly. <laughs> okay. Mr. Green, I'm going to have to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> and that, conclu- that concludes my talk. Oh. That concludes my talk. <laughs> Well, I think you were ever teetering, tottering upon uh, eugenics talks. So that was uh, both compelling and it sustained my attention through the fear that this episode would either get completely deleted or uh, achieve some really bad publicity. But you know what they say, all news is good news. (laughs) All, all press is good press, so there you go. Yeah, you did go. you hear that fascist episode of, epi- uh, of Living in the Viva Voce? Yeah, right? Oh, Where Adam boy. basically espoused his, like, his, like, genet- eugenicist ideology mm. of, like, woolly mammoths and woolly rhinoceroses. <laughs> Which I might mention, woolly rhinoceroses uh, are basically a rhinoceros that were woolly, similar to a woolly mammoth, which is a woolly form of elephant. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. Uh, that's the talk. That's that seems like lazy animal inventing. Like you just copied and pasted. If I was in charge of animals, I think, you know, I'd get low marks for that one. That's just not very imaginative. Oh, but it's so what? cute. Hold on. Oh. I was talking about It's like Did you know did you know that there was a woolly rhinoceros though? Ha B. Yeah. <laughs> if I that did is not your know real that. name. What? <laughs> And that's, that's your real name. We can trust that. Yeah, uh, listeners, if you hear some crinkling in the background, that's the sound of Adam putting his tinfoil hat on. So, <laughs> yeah, he he uh, he works really hard to edit that out. <laughs> okay, um, should we finish? I, I should we really, finish up with our final yeah, talk? I really don't. I'm excited. Go. This is oh. Very what, what just Meg decimates us? No. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for this i'm expecting big things no pressure speaking of brownie points i'm about to earn some with um potential title suggestions so there you go um Mm -hmm. all right um adam are you gonna tie me uh yeah do you want me to count you in uh go for it Ooh, yes please go for it three two one go so i have a few uh oh wait Hello, my name is Meg, and today I'll be presenting on Woolly Mammoths. <laughs> okay, so... Um, oh, I was really confused for a second. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have a couple of potential titles. After um, Adam, in, uh, you know, insinuated that he was going to talk both about Pyrenean Ibexes um, and, I believe, Tasmanian um, Devils, I was like, oh, crap, I think we are going to talk about the exact same thing. Uh, And I was kind of right. So, you know, now I'm just kind of waxing poetic, aren't I? Um, But I am going to, I am going to put forward a couple of fun. No, I'm, yeah, actually, though, my talk won't be taking that stance. Um, 
the first title I'm gonna offer is Wooly or Won't He? An overview of de-extinction projects. <laughs> ah, how cute. Okay, my second one. Ten out of ten. My second one, my second title, it's the same topic, is The Tusk at Hand Overviewing De-extinction Projects. There you go. So I feel like that earns me one full brownie point because there were two of them. Um, so B's talk uh, was all about kind of, you know, uh, what can we kind of learn um, from, you know, if we were to bring like one woolly mammoth to life and if you were to run for president. No, but like if if we were to bring one to life, um, what, what would we kind of learn? And what would the and what does the extinction, you know, of like the woolly mammoths? for instance, um, from like, I think both B and Adam said this very well, kind of non-human, just environmental uh, reasons. Like what can we take away from that and apply to our own kind of Anthropocene era, right? And then um, kind of similarly, Adam really emphasized on um, the woolly mammoth and then other animals that were caused by kind of human, um, human reasons, uh, their extinction. So it's like, you know, once again, like, if we were to bring them back, like, what would the kind of human benefits be, ultimately? So my argument is that, um, well, one, I'm going to do an overview of some de-extinction projects, not focusing on the ones that Adam has talked about, um, and argue that the reason for all of this is for uh, this, you know, impossible uh, human desire to sustain control uh, boom dun 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 Ooh. okay so both b and adam did talk about de-extinction projects although i don't think they actually mentioned uh, the kind of title uh, so another uh, name for this is resurrection theology which is crazy um, or species revival which also sounds crazy. <laughs> um, and there are three uh, kind of main methods of reviving extinct species. Uh, one is through cloning, um, two is through genome editing, and three is through selective breeding. I have no idea what any of these three mean. I did read them from, I think, the exact same Wikipedia pages that the three of us used. So take that for what you will. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, the woolly mammoth is uh, one of the animals that, um, you know, is is the subject of one of these de-extinction uh, projects, as is the Pyrenean um, ibex and the... Um, not the Tasmanian devil, but I think it's called the thylacine, uh, which, by the way, the last thylacine um, died in 1936 uh, in a zoo, I think, in Australia. Um, his name was apparently Benjamin, and he died from extreme heat and freezing due to one oh. of the irregular uh, weather, weather patterns of the area. Um, but I, I want to talk about uh, three more animals. <laughs> purely animal-focused podcast. Um, <laughs> the three being aurochs, which are these extinct versions of um, like cows, of bulls, uh, which were readily found during the Roman period, right? So definitely within the human kind of uh, period of time, of, of our time on Earth, I suppose, of, of the Earth. Um, and they went extinct uh, in 1627. So pretty, pretty recent in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and 
what is crazy is that the de-extinction project uh, that is leading this is called the Tauros Project. Uh, capital T, uh, lowercase a, u, r, um, capital O, s. Like, doesn't that sound so, like, sci-fi? That sounds so evil. <laughs> I know, like, that's this is the thing. There is definitely the <laughs> an evil ring to it, right? Um, and <laughs> the purpose of uh, bringing back the Aurochs are uh, one, I think, for food, um, and two, you'll kind of um, get this from quite a few of these, right? Like the mammoth and the, um, the aurochs, and um, the next one that I'm going to be talking about is trying to bring back these megafauna um, and megaflora that, like, you know, once existed. Um, the uh, second animal I want to talk about is called the quagga. Isn't that so cute? Quagga. And it Aww. is a uh, kind of zebra-like animal um, that was striped completely in the front and then brown in the back, um, completely brown. So kind of like an okapi, if you know what that is. Um, and they were found even in the late 19th century. So once again, a, a fairly um, recent uh extinction uh, extinct animal and then the third one is obviously the passenger pigeon right which i think is probably the animal um like the dodo bird that was kind of introduced to kids in grade school when they were kind of learning about what extinction meant <laughs> which now that i think about it is like a very like existentially fraught kind of subject right it's like these were all the animals that <laughs> either died before humans existed or died because of humans uh there we go live with that um and the passenger <laughs> The passenger one pigeon minute. is um, uh, going to be one of the examples where uh, it will be using a band-tailed pigeon's DNA modified um, to change the traits of the latter pigeon to resemble um, and have the exact same traits as a passenger pigeon. So genetically, it will not be a passenger pigeon, but uh, through kind of uh, visible and even invisible qualities, it will have that of the passenger pigeon. What's interesting is that with the passenger pigeon and the kind of Tasmanian devil-like creature, um, they are both scheduled to be released, if you were, um, uh, or rather the breeding projects will start very soon. So um, the pigeon could be released within uh, 2030 and the Tasmanian devil 2027. Um, I just think that's really interesting. Um, uh, and yeah. yeah, why? Because they're trying to tackle invasive species pro uh, reasons and like Adam said, to compact the earth, environmental reasons, but ultimately it has to do with like human interest. Boom, mic drop, done. It's not the best, but there you go. <laughs> and that's Hold why we're targeting on. like. Hold on. What? I don't think you're Hang allowed on. to. I don't think you're allowed to cite my viva. Why aren't I allowed to cite viva. yours? Um, have you been to a conference? It's all about uh, parlay, right? It's all about like responding to and against. You, yeah, but you can't you can't cite a paper that's being published in the same conference you're being published in. <laughs> I'm not That's deciding, not I'm generously works. referring to. I'm generously referring to. There you go. There you go. Yeah, she's just bringing uh, limelight to your uh, work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, with with that sorry excuse for a presentation, um, let us That vote. was fantastic, actually. Yay. Let us vote and then... Yeah, I loved uh, it. I loved and it. Then, and then wrap up. 
Okay, let's start with Adam. Who are you going to vote for? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> who am I going to vote for? Are you sober enough to remember what B spoke about? <laughs> that's the real question. It's probably for the best. That's the real challenge. (laughs) Do I remember what B talked about? (laughs) It Um, was it was a bit all over the place, so I forgive you if you don't. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I think yours was marginally more organised, Meg, and I followed yours marginally more, and also (laughs) slightly more recent, so I remember it. (laughs) Oh boy! I think there's a pattern here. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> so I think I think I'm gonna vote for Megs this time. And also because I feel guilty having voted for B, not just once but twice. Oh boy. Yeah, it would it would look rigged, you know. It would um, look rigged. Yeah, it would, it would almost look like we're patronizing to our guest in order to make sure what that they the? stay on the show. Now hang on. Now hang on just a second. Okay, let me let me take the next vote then. Um, I will vote for... I'm going to vote for Adam because he was so... Listeners, hopefully Adam will retain like most of the 20 minutes of research because he was so freaking excited doing his research. Like this was the first time I heard like literally... Yeah. Not the gears whirring in his head, but certainly the fingers on his keyboard. It was just tapping away and... You know, like, I, I think it did maybe have to do with his sobriety That's levels. the rest was copy and paste. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I have to, is it, is it, a, is it a pity mark? Um, no, not entirely. Um, but I, I will give my vote to Adam. There you go. Not entirely. It's not <laughs> entirely out of pity. It's only, it's only fractionally. <laughs> It is, it is definitely less than 50% of pity. Yeah. Hey, don't excuse, uh, you know, don't knock it till you try it. Like, pity, pity is, uh, is reason. Yeah. Okay, so the, t- the tie-breaking vote comes down to B, unless oh, she man. votes for herself. I know. Uh, I've got to say, I was extremely excited when you seemed to be covering similar topics. Uh, but actually, remarkably, still fairly different presentations. Um... I think uh, Adam, as always, took a much more, uh, let's say, controversial angle with his title and some of his <laughs> statements. Um, but I think I think my vote's going to go to Meg because uh, she actually went a little bit into the details of how these things happen, and she also talked about lots of really cute animals that were fun to picture. So. <laughs> Pow, 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 pow. And we will post uh, pictures of these extinct animals if we can find them (laughs) (laughs) on our social media pages. Um, That sounds like a problem for the social media team. Yes, yes. Do you want to tell uh, the listeners a little bit about where they can learn more about us? Yeah, so you've been listening to Live in Love with Voce. I've been Adam. Um, You've been listening to me, myself, (laughs) uh, Meg. And B. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is uh, not ideal. It's the end of the night. About, we can do it. 
talk about woolly mammoths. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to hit us up on Twitter, you can find us at Live in Viva. Uh, Live in Viva. Uh, if you'd like to hit us up on Facebook because you're a boomer or you're uh, someone who is over 40, uh, you can find us at Live in Viva Vote Chase. So just type that into the search bar. You'll find Live in Viva Vote Chase on the search. We're the ones with the weird um, PhD mortarboards on our heads dancing around a sign that says Live in the Viva Voce uh, in cartoon form. Um, suffice it to say, we'd love to hear your comments, opinions, feedback, and obviously, if you have any questions for us or topics that you'd love us to cover, because we are always looking for new supervisors. Ooh, yes. Obviously, it goes without saying that we would absolutely adore for you to smash that subscribe button if you use Google Podcasts, if you use Spotify, if you use Apple Podcasts, whatever your podcast service of choice is, just hit that subscribe button. You will never, ever, 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 ever miss out on a new release from us. Uh, whether it's a new episode, whether it's a behind-the-scenes clip, don't worry, that podcast service will let you know <laughs> and you can start listening straight away. Um, anyway, uh, without further ado, and I am very grateful for you listening to us, uh, I have been Adam. I've been Meg. And I've been B. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.